Mystery Maniac time. Mystery Maniacs is a comedy recap podcast dedicated to British TV mystery. It's all we watch anyway. Yeah. All we watch all sorts of stuff. Each week we dig into an episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. Oh, there's so much in this episode. To love. This week we're covering Father Brown, Season 1, Episode 6, The Bride of Christ. The Bride of Christ compels you. The Bride of... Get it. <laughs> Yet another exorcist <laughs> reference. I got it out of my system. Yep. I had to say it at least once. Absolutely. <laughs> Warning. <laughs> if your children are old enough to eat pear drops, they're old enough to listen to this podcast. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure about that. I don't know. I guess we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> okay, little housekeeping before we dive in. Yep. Next week for our fourth episode regarding of Father Brown. Father Brown. Yep. We're going to do something a little bit different. Each of us has chosen our favorite of the original Father Brown television the series. The 1974 Potato Vision in color. Craziness. And uh, we're going to pitch them to see which one's crazier. Now, these are available on in the U.S. on uh, BritBox. They might be available on BritBox in the U.K. as well. They are available on YouTube if you put in the right search words and don't watch them in Russian. Yes, there's only 13 episodes of the original Father Brown. So the one that I am going to present next week is called The Arrow of Heaven. Nice. And I will tell you that it features a bunch of crazy Americans living in a compound with a moat yes complete with a patriarch that looks like colonel sanders and a daughter who the moat is flies a plane inside the tower yes <laughs> it is nutsy it's bobo a weird set whack a very doodle weird to the max set. and i'm going to cover the secret garden which takes place in a secret garden but there's a decapitation so. yes <laughs> It's like pedal to the metal crazy. I think it actually takes place in France. Don't tell me wrong, but there, like, I think it takes place in France. That's where people get beheaded. And there's a judge <laughs> who is upsetting people, and he may or may not. I forget. Off with his head. Off with his head. So that's next week. Yes. Then in October, it's spooky season. Spooky October. So we are each. Uh, we have each chosen our favorite Agatha Christie Halloween themed episode yes. to present in October. I am going to start us off in October with Halloween Party. Ooh, I love that one. Which is Snaps. season season twelve, episode two. It has Ariadne Oliver played by Zoe Wanamaker in yeah. it, and they kill a child. They kill a child in that episode. It's- it's I love that episode. It's so That's good. So good. And you I am I am gonna cover Miss Marple, uh season five, episode one, The Pale Horse. Mm-hmm. It's got some uh, folk horror, which is my favorite thing right now. The pale now. horse is creepy no matter what version you watch. Yeah. But this one who has that has the newest Miss Marple in it. Yep. They they cranked it up. This I'm, is not the one with Rufus Sewell. It's not as creepy as Rufus Sewell, Pale Horse. But it's really darn good. It is indeed. Then for our third October episode. We're we're going to ask you for input. Yeah, we're going to ask you to vote 
for what you think. We'll uh, make d- a little poll and send yeah. it out to the mailing list. Of, of all the British murder shows, which is your favorite Halloween episode, and we'll give you a little list and let you vote for which one you like best and or add one to the list if you know of one that we didn't list. I'll go even further. I'll say if you're on the mailing list, you'll get that poll sooner. Ooh la la. So, so that's going to be October. In the meantime, we also have new merch. New merch is up in the store. Yep, and the store's been all rebranded and everything. And Mystery Maniac logo Mystery merch. Mystery Maniacs. Uh, and now through the end of November, barring any other new disasters. Wow, there's so much going on in the world right now. All of the proceeds from merch sales will go to Heart to Heart International, which yep. is currently focusing on aid to people in Puerto Rico. Yes. Uh, who have been hit because hard Fiona. by Fiona. By the way, all my Canadian friends who are on the East, Coast. the East Coast, stay safe and swim. It's pretty, hundreds of thousands of people out without power right now. Yeah, we were listening to CBC Halifax this morning. Yeah, they were having trouble. <laughs> As it went off the air, it like we were listening to headline news and then it went off the air right yep. in the middle of it. Absolutely. So stay safe out there, uh, wherever you are in the world, we're thinking about you. Absolutely. So go buy a, a t-shirt with the new logo on it. Yes. To support the folks. So in if you're new to our uh, merch, uh, we have the Mystery Maniac, uh, the Midsummer Maniacs merch, and then we have Mystery Maniacs merch. What we do is any money that we make from the merchandise that you purchase, either stickers or mugs or anything, it's all available. Mm -hmm. uh, We match that and then give it to a charity because we're not in this to make money. We're in this to help people. And so uh, we helped the World Central Kitchen last year as well as Meals on Wheels. I shouldn't say that. It's not the Ukraine. We We fed people on the border of Ukraine. Yes, the border of Ukraine. Whenever I hear people say the Ukraine, it's that's yeah. Soviet thinking. Yes. The, the, the only other thing I want to say is if you see merchandise on any other site that is not spread shirt or spread shop, mm-hmm. it is not our merchandise. Don't buy it. Yes. These red bubble jerk face people keep swiping our stuff. I and had trying to send to sell out a there. cease and desist note today, this week. It happens to so many people. Yeah. yeah. Just so buy many. from our shop. Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's on every post. I post everywhere. If you buy from if, our shop, then you know the proceeds are going to go to a good cause and we're going to match it. And, and we'll if, tell you how much we wound up donating. And we even usually post a picture of yep. the proof of the donations. Yep. So you know yep. for sure that's where your money went. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready to talk about the Bride of Christ? The Bride of Christ. Which may be our most controversial episode. We have two things to talk about. Well, almost three things that might be controversial. I'll say one thing that's not controversial. Sister Boniface is definitely in this episode. Yes. Unlike the other one. Just saying. I'm just saying I disagree (laughs) wholeheartedly. (laughs) I am on the case. I have sent out (laughs) messages. To our friend network. We'll, I'm right. You're wrong. La, la, la. We'll see. Uh, originally broadcast. <laughs> the, you're you're going to be like, oh, I can't believe you went to did all that. Uh, UK broadcast date, 21st of January, two, 2013. Like I said, they kind of broadcast these all within a two-week period mm-hmm. of each other. Bang, bang, bang. Directed by Ian Barber and written by Jude Tyndall who I am trying to contact as we speak. Lorna Watson is not in that episode. I I cannot definitively say she is or isn't because I checked her production schedule. (laughs) (laughs) 
She is in this one, though. She is in this one. Mm -hmm. Anyways, we're starting with Latin. Okay. Nuns in Latin and singing. Yes. Somebody's getting married. Yes. To God. Yes. Has, has it ever weirded you out that they're brides of Christ? No. Okay. It makes sense to me. Though, this is the first time I've seen what I knew sort of happened during a novitiate wedding. They, they, the, the ceremony where they go from novitiates to being real nuns. There's several stages before this, by the way. Yeah. I, I, I knew that, that it was a marriage to Christ. I knew that was kind of the metaphor. But I did not know that in some orders they wore wedding dresses for that. Yeah. Uh, and apparently it's far more common than I knew, complete with a part of the ceremony where they go behind a screen and their sister nuns help them change from that into their first habit and they come back out. Oh. So they go in wearing white and they come out wearing black. What does that say about marriage, especially to Christ? I was just kind of excited that they they get to look pretty, mm -hmm. you know? The last time they're wearing layman's clothes, they get they get to look nice. I can see that. In general, they don't really get to choose the wedding gown. If no. you're in a, an order where they do this, it's a very modest dress, and they probably have a few to choose from. You might be able to bring your own, but it's going to have to fit those criteria. And this is St. Agnes Convent, Convent. Mm -hmm. and we can assume that this is in or near Kemblford. yes. Because Father Brown is the curate. Yeah, he is the priest, He's the man who was allowed to come in there. Yes. He gives them communion on Sundays and stuff like that. All the clues are right here in this very first scene. This is one of the things I like about Father Brown, as opposed to Midsummer, is there's almost always a very small cast. Yes. Like, it's they're all very chocolate box kind of yep. stories where... And this works because a convent kind of works like yeah, that. Yeah, you've got a handful of people... You don't have a whole lot of like, well, this is that person's mother, father, cousin, sister, and they used to have a business with that person, but they broke up and went to school with that. Like, there's none of that. Nope. There's a handful of people. No. Nope. And right away, we see familiar faces. Oh, my God. Selena, Selena, Selena. Selena Cadell, who you can remember because one of her Midsummer characters is also named Cadell. Yes. Phyllis. Yes. Phyllis Cadell in the original Killings at Badger's Drift. She's right there from the beginning. Really, this podcast is could be the Selena Cadell podcast. <laughs> the second Midsummer she's in is Midsummer Life, where she gets killed in the hotel in the industrial dryer. Yep. So I will refer to her as Sister Tumble Dryer. And she is <laughs> Because I love that scene. You just see her face going around and around. Yeah. <laughs> and we totally figured out what it was. She's been in everything. Oh, yeah. Lots and lots of Queens things. of Mystery. Lately, she's really well known for Doc Martin. People yeah. know her from that. But, yeah. And but, she's awesome in that, too. But she's just been in so many things. So she's Sister Gregory. And then we have the Reverend Mother Augustine, played by Penny Downey. She's not been in Midsummer. No. Shock and awe. I Somebody know. who's not been in a not Midsummer. Not been in Midsummer. But she has been in something I really, really like that people may not have heard of. And it's a podcast, actually. Okay. Um, from the BBC. And you can get it on BBC Sounds wherever you are in the world. And it's called The Lovecraft Investigations. Oh. And she was on a season called The Case of Charles Dexter Ward. And I really liked it. Oh. Though I will tell you that this whole series, The Lovecraft Investigations, don't don't listen to it if you're um, jumpy. Oh. 
or it's jumpy. If you're if you're jumpy, just know that because this is the one that I was listening to in the garage so many times when one of the kids would come out and I'd be like, ah! oh, God, because <laughs> it has the kind of environmental sound. So if you've got yeah. headphones on, you hear things from different directions. And then a kid would tap me on the shoulder and I would like almost dremel them to death because they shocked me. Speaking of weird stuff that happens in October, I get in this groove and I definitely am in this groove now where I start watching these bad horror movies. <laughs> and you bring up Lovecraft because we watched this week. We watched, I got Sarah to sit through at least half of this movie called The Maze from 1953, which was about this Scottish lord who he's engaged and then he breaks out of his engagement. And he grows old really quick and there's weirdness that happened in his castle. It's shot in bizarre land it's a 3d movie that is weird yes i do watch them all the time it has rubber bats on fishing line oh. going ooh into the camera yeah <laughs> it's that bad um that movie took a left turn in the last five minutes like wow i didn't understand I it at all did not expect what i saw in the last five minutes of that movie that was fantastic it's super I weird i loved every minute of it it There's, was so weird <laughs> what's it called it's called The Maze. Just in case people want to go watch it. And then I actually was like, oh, so this this was made during the time that Father Brown, that takes, Father place. Brown takes place. That explains a lot. Yes. Oh, <laughs> it, it does not explain time traveling, Sister Boniface. But we'll get to that also. The third important nun in the convent yes. is Sister Paul. Ooh. Ooh. She's played by Roberta Taylor. Yes. Now, don't hate Roberta Taylor. No. She is super nasty in this part. She gets killed right away, so it's okay. It, it is It is. But did okay. you recognize uh, Roberta Taylor from anywhere recently? Not recently. She's in The Witches. I know she's in The Witches. Yeah, she's in the 1990 Witches. Yeah. Um, she plays the chef of the hotel. Yep. That's The Witches with Angelica Houston in it, based on the Roald Dahl. God, it's so scary. That's right. That's where she's from that I recognize her. Shakespeare she's, and Hathaway. Which is all over this thing, by oh, the way. Yes. Oh, we're going to get there. Yeah, she plays Gloria Fontaine, who's the costume designer, and she she's the older lady, and she has her little yep. shop with all the costumes. Yep. She's so fun. Yeah, she always wears fantastic scarves and jewelry, and a completely different character than then this nasty nun. Oh, she gets what so she deserves. Nasty. <laughs> she makes that poor girl lay face down in dirt. Yep. It makes me mad. That pose, I remember when I found out, like. There's a moment where in a young boy's life, you're like, knights are really interesting and romantic. And then you read about what a knight's life was actually like. Horrible. And how they had to lay, like before battles, they would lay in the church in that pose all night. Yeah. And not fall asleep. Yeah, right. A but, squire's night yeah. life was even worse. Yeah. So every time somebody lays like that, I'm like, oh. It's prostrate. Yeah, right? it's prostrate. And and it's not an uncommon pose for Catholic, not just regular Catholics don't do yes. that very often. But for priests and nuns and things like that, it is the ultimate um, like humble position. Yeah. But you do it, you are humble to God, yeah. not to her, some witchy nun who chooses fresh dirt for you to lay in and, and your nice white habit. Fresh from Calcutta. Like she has colonialism all over her too. Well, and she's seen. Yeah. 
Like she probably saw the, what's it called? The pit? The black hole of Calcutta. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, but this poor woman's life, she was the warden at the horrible place. Which we'll get St. to. St. Bridget's. St. Bridget's. Yeah, the and then home for they wayward sinner mothers. And they sent her to Calcutta for a while. You'd think she'd get the hint by then, but she's like, no, no, they send me where they need me in my discipline. I absolutely love Sister Gregory here when she talks about the alcohol. <laughs> Sobriety's not asked of us. Yeah. Chastity and uh, poverty, and but the, not sobriety. And the sergeant's like, amen. Amen, sister. <laughs> so now they go see Sister Boniface. Okay, I'm going to lay this out to you. First of all, the first shot we see of Sister Boniface. Wait a minute. You, you've already, you've, you've bypassed a murder. Yes. Okay, let's do the murder and then we'll get to Sister Boniface. First, the poor novitiate nun collapses during her own ceremony, foaming at the mouth because she's been poisoned with cyanide. And everybody knows it's cyanide right away. And Father Brown has two priorities. One, he says the rights. Yep. That's more important. That's the most important. Absolutely. And two, he looks for clues (laughs) right away. (laughs) You know, like... Okay, you're not going to go to hell. Now, what color is that foam at your mouth? Pay for her soul, not histrionics. Yes. (laughs) And then we get to Sister Boniface because, of course, she is the resident chemist because she's their vintner. Okay. They're like, do you have cyanide around here? And Sister Gregory's like, loads, gallons. (laughs) She's like, Barrels full. Sure. Sister Gregory is the best character in this episode, even better than Sister Boniface. I like her a lot. Yep. I like her a lot. I wish Sister Gregory was on Sister Boniface. It's possible. Yeah. So, But, you know, Selena Cadell can only be in so many shows at a time. Okay. Here is my case. Okay. First of all, they are, and I have photographic proof, the exact same glasses. So if they did not use, if they did not mean Sister Boniface, they took those glasses from that extra and put them on Sister Boniface. They are the exact same glasses. Oh, so what a coincidence that they might have used the same pair of glasses from the same costume company, from the same set of nun stuff. The only woman appears in glasses in this entire episode is Sister Boniface. Yeah, because she's smart, so she has to wear glasses. What I'm saying is this. She doesn't wear a crucifix around her neck like the lady in the train station did. No. What I'm saying is this. She wouldn't be wasting time sitting around gossiping at a train station when she's got chemistry to do. What I'm saying (laughs) is that Sister Boniface, the actress who is played by Lorna Watson, who had a busy 2012. Mm -hmm. I went through all of her activities in 2012 that I could find. Because this is being filmed in July 2012. Do you know what else is going on in July 2012? The Olympics. Yeah. It's crazy town in the UK at this point in time. She was not filming anything during this time. Okay. Okay. She just got off the the, uh, best, the British Bake Show. Okay. Her show, Lorna uh, Watson and Oliver, Uh was not filming at this point in time. Okay. She knows the casting director. Okay. I think this is what happened. Okay. (laughs) I think they wouldn't have paid Lorna Watson, a well-known actress, to play some background character. No, no. That's what I think. This is what happened. Okay. This is what I think happened. The producer who I've also maybe sent an email to, (laughs) wanted to start Sister Boniface afterwards. Mm -hmm. Always had that idea in in his mind, Mm -hmm. right? 
The character was created by the people on this show. Right. Okay. She's not an original character to the to the books. No. I think that that woman in episode one may not be Lorna, but is definitely a Sister Boniface tryout. Let's put a nun in the background with glasses to see if we like the look of it. I think it's directly related to Sister Boniface because <sighs> these episodes are also recorded out of order. Did the mic pick up my big sigh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Let me deconstruct that for a second, and then we'll get back to this, because I can't not do this, okay? What you're saying now, you're hedging, first of all, and you're saying, that's not Sister Boniface anymore. No, no. I, it's I, somebody I, wearing- I think they're trying out Sister Boniface in that. All they're trying out is putting glasses on a nun. That's it. They're saying, do we like a nun in glasses? Guess what? Most nuns are older. Most older women wear glasses. They put glasses, common, round, tortoiseshell, plastic glasses. They're oval. On a woman. (laughs) That's all they did. As my picture will show, they're oval. And her shot, her first shot, and the shot of the nun in the train station are exactly the same. If she was back there tinkering with beakers, I would say maybe (laughs) you're right. If she helped at all, maybe you're right. We we are going to have to... A nun in glasses, that's all it is. We need someone on this show to tell us what's going on. I'm saying. Anyway, Sister Boniface, who we love right away. I think you just did a sneaky, now I can't be wrong thing. No, no. Because before you were like, it's definitely her. It's the actress. It's the character. They slipped her in there. If we get a confirmation. Oh, it's just... No, if we get a confirmation that is in no way related to Sister Boniface, I will clearly apologize. But I think I'm right. That they were trying out whether they liked a nun in glasses. I I still 100%. (laughs) That's it. That's all you can be right about. When you look at the picture, when you look at the picture, I cannot say 100% that isn't Lorna Watson. Because they they may have shot these out of order. They may have shot and just slipped her in the background. No, as, to sit there because if they were if they were shooting those two episodes one after another, mm-hmm. and she was on set doing costuming and things like they that, they might have just sat her they back just there. Set her back there. No, 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 no. It looks a lot like her. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, we love Sister Boniface, and one of the reasons why. We get a, a a signpost here, which is sparkling cyanide. Yes. She's reading Agatha Christie. And this is the first time that she and Father Brown have interacted in this way. Yep. You know, like like he he's, you know, a regular in the convent because he's their their so priest. They but, are well discussed with each other. Uh-huh. Like they know each other. Oh, they know and, of each other. Yep. Yeah. Because she says your reputation is well deserved. Yeah. So she's aware of his reputation. She's like, finally, we get to work on a case together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she's reading The Sparkling Cyanide. The cover is the first edition, but that's not a first edition. No, book. that would be really hard to get. Yeah. So but, how much do you think in September 2002? So this 20 is years ago. 20 years ago. How, how much, much would a first, first edition, edition go for? went for with the dust cover? It, because that dust cover is five grand. everything. No, 800 bucks. Oh. It's not bad. No. But, but still. If you're a collector, it's not too bad. No. And it was printed in first in the U.S., but then in the U.K., 
1945. Right. So it would have been it would have been everywhere. Yeah. And we can assume she got it from the library yes. or whatever. So we've got Sister Boniface, we've got the other nuns, and then we get the Evanses, okay. right? And one other Sister Boniface thing that I need to talk about. Okay. She does not age. Well, no. Lorna Watson has a really young face. Okay. But this is 1953, mm-hmm. and Sister Boniface takes place in the 60s. So 10 years later. Yeah. And she doesn't look 10 years older in Sister Boniface. It's weird to me. That's she, all. That's she has all. a young face. Okay. She's very pretty. Then she drops the Lord Peter Whimsy stuff. Yeah. Because obviously they're both very well read. And they also make a Death in the Clouds reference, which is the Poirot uh, with the wasp on yes. the airplane. Yes. With the, they're flying back from um, the tennis match. And all of this is completely irrelevant to me because there is a typewriter. on the desk. You're a nerd for a typewriter. Sarah Sarah came into my office to see what I was doing, and I had my face like... Pressed against your monitor, trying to look at a typewriter. Trying to find what what L.C. Smith and Corona typewriter that was. Are you talking about Sister Paul's typewriter? Sister Paul's typewriter. There's a typewriter in the background that I can't see. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the way, Sister Paul's typewriter case is by the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that case intimately. Mm-hmm. It's a 1945 uh, Smith Corona portable typewriter uh, because it has red and black ink in it. And high, how high up on your wish list is this typewriter? Oh, I would gladly take one of these. It's British. It'd be hard to get here. Do not purchase this typewriter from people on eBay trying to sell you for this typewriter for anything more than $25. Typewriters are mass-produced items. They do not deserve... High price tags. No, that's the whole point of a typewriter is they're mass produced. Even if it's refurbished, even if it works perfectly, you should not pay more than $75 for a typewriter. Is that your PSA for today? Yep. Can we talk about the Evanses now? Do we get, yeah, we get to the, we get to the Evans before. Cause Tom is out there. Tom's out there whacking logs. (laughs) He's not very good with that ax. And it's a pretty dull ax. He's an inefficient log cutter. Yeah, he is. I like his little green wagon, though. His little <laughs> green wheelbarrow. So he's the gardener for the convent. And his wife, Joyce, is she's a frail woman who's been away visiting family. And she has a heart condition and everything else. But she does their shopping. Well, I'm going to set up a new business in the UK. Mm-hmm. Did you know what my new business in the UK is? No. It's going to be called... Gardener slash handyman, uh-huh. and it's going to appeal only to girls' schools and convent, convents. <laughs> and I'm going to place rugged young men in all of those positions <laughs> because every single episode of any British mystery series that takes place in a girls' school and or a covent a convent. convent. Has, has a burly, handsome, a burly, handsome handyman. handyman in it. I don't know. Sometimes they have old guys, and you don't notice those guys. Not so much. But Maybe they're not characters. Yeah. They have to be burly and handsome to be characters but in the story. Like Poirot. But Tom's out there yep. in his, his uh, undershirt and his suspenders on. I really don't know how to feel about Tom, and we'll get to the end of it, but I don't like him. Yeah. He's, he seems abusive. He does. He's supposed to be protective, but he does it in an abusive way. Yeah. I think we're meant to not exactly know how to feel about him. Yeah. Okay, let's talk cyanide. Okay, we'll talk cyanide. Then can we talk about what Father Brown has to hide? At least we could speculate, and I have an answer. Okay. 
Good. So the whole reason they talk to Sister Boniface is they know that the novitiate has been killed with cyanide. She's the vintner. Yep. She has the cyanide yep. supply because they use it in winemaking. Yeah. She has bottles of potassium ferrocyanide. The cuckoo. I love that reference. Yeah. That there's a cuckoo in the nest because yep. there's a bottle that's been relabeled. Right. Yep. So a bottle has been removed and replaced. <sighs> The ferrocyanide is challenging to me. Yeah. And maybe somebody can fill me in on this, but based on the research that I did, there's a couple of problems here. First of all, potassium ferrocyanide is indeed used in winemaking to remove metals, just as they mentioned. Um, But it is a yellow crystalline material. It is not white. No. It's yellow. Um, And it's non-toxic to humans because in our systems, the cyanide is not released from its bond with the iron and so, you know, you, even to kill a rat, you have to give it like kilograms of the stuff. Yeah. And sodium ferrocyanide is no more poisonous than potassium ferrocyanide for the very same reason. Now, that being said, potassium ferrocyanide, you probably eat it every day. Yeah. Because it's used in iodized salt as an anti-caking agent oh, okay. to keep your yep. salt shaker from clogging up. It's slightly toxic if you take a whole bunch of it, but both potassium ferrocyanide and sodium ferrocyanide are extremely toxic when exposed to a strong acid. That releases the cyanide into a gas form. Oh, okay. That's bad. That's a bad. But the stomach acid in your stomach is not adequate to do it. Like we're talking about a strong acid. So we're at a case here where we found a mistake and or they've made it so that they're not educating people how to kill other people. Yes. <laughs> which I think is both completely totally bad. fine. Especially with the reference to uh, Agatha Christie because we've said in Midsummer Maniacs how people used Agatha Christie novels to kill other people. And she, she was criticized for that. She yeah. was extremely accurate because yeah. she knew all about it. She'd, she'd been a pharmacist chemist, so she knew what she was talking about. And she was so accurate that people critiqued her for it. So maybe the producers here decided not to be accurate about this. Or maybe my sources are wrong and it's far more toxic Could be. Uh, than I've been led to believe. Let us know, especially if you've made wine. But based on what I, my understanding, putting it on some candy wouldn't hurt you at all. No, and she dies like right away. Yeah, it just wouldn't do it. Speaking of people dying, Sister Paul, Sister Paul dies. And my note says, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a trope in these shows, uh, not just in Father Brown, but in lots of things, that when there's a character introduced who is particularly nasty and unpleasant, they're probably going to get killed fairly soon. And that yeah. kind of makes them a bit more palatable. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't worry, she won't be around for long. And it's almost always a woman, too. <laughs> Not only do we have a Corona Standard Speedline Series 2 portable, but we have a baby with Mrs. M. Mrs. M. Okay, Mrs. M has her god baby because the baby's mom is having some kind of lady's surgery. Lady surgery, yes. Why does everybody think the baby is a boy? I, I what is that running joke about? I don't... Is it because the baby has a blue outfit on? No. I think I think it is to show us that she is that the woman who is the killer is delusional and thinks it's a boy. Everybody thinks but it's everybody a boy. Everybody thinks it's a boy. I don't understand why. 
I don't either. Are they trying to criticize Mrs. M for putting the baby in the wrong outfit? I don't. It's so weird. Because Abigail is wearing a blue jumper, at least at one point. It's a a very pale blue jumper. Yeah. I don't get it. Or maybe it's a critique on people today who like scotch tape a bow to their baby's head to say it looks like a girl now. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I've seen people do that. I don't know what they're going for there. Okay. I thought maybe I missed something. Oh, here's an interesting side note. Completely unrelated to this, but interesting. Yeah. So I was looking into this story to see if it was inspired by any of the actual Chesterton short stories by yes. Father Brown. Yep. As near as I can tell, it's not. I've yeah. not read every single one of them, but I've read many, many, many of them, and I can't find anything that reminds me of this. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, if you know. But while doing that, I found a story that I had not read before that is amazing simply because you would never guess that in a G.K. Chesterton story with Father Brown, there are killer robots. Bots. I did I did remember hearing about this and never tracked it down. It's in a story called The Invisible Man. Oh. Where two men both fall in love with the same waitress and make some deal to come back in a year and the one that is more That's in Father Brown. They did with it with clowns. Clowns yes. in the circus. But in the story, it's a waitress and they go away to make their fortunes. And one of them goes off and builds robots that do household chores. They're like robot butlers and they're called Smythe's Silent Service. Oh, wow. And there are robots. Wow. Because that's a different. You can see now why they moved it to a, a circus. Yeah. So they didn't have to have people dressed as robots. Because <laughs> that would have been weird. <laughs> wow. They would have looked like the Tin Man. Beep, 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 beep. They like, must have read that episode, that short story and went, okay, uh, we how are we going to change one. this? They'd have a dude painted silver with like a button glued to his nose. I am a robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Sister Tumbledryer takes Sister Paul's letter from her typewriter to hide yes. it. Yes. But she doesn't take the carbon. Nope. The carbon falls on the floor. And Miss and uh, Sister Bonifus Sister finds Boniface it later. In her first solo episode. <laughs> Gosh, how many times in a mystery do they discover evidence either by a carbon used in a typewriter or by unspooling the typewriter ribbon and reading? Okay. First of all, a carbon, if you've ever seen one, is full of, unless it's a brand new fresh carbon, you couldn't read what it was saying. No, but if you use it, if it's the first time. If it's the first time, yes. Same for the ribbon. Yeah. Because people often rewound the ribbon and used it again. I mean, you're supposed to, right? Yeah. Until it won't work anymore. Well, when it doesn't work anymore, you put more ink in it. Mm-hmm. Like it you re-ink is. a ribbon. Yeah, I yeah. thought you just replaced it. They got really cheap really fast. Oh, okay, but originally you re-inked them. By the way, if you want to go down a rabbit hole, uh, typewriter ribbon case uh, cans is a whole subculture on itself. <laughs> wow, is it worse than Father Brown's bike? Oh, uh, well, it could be. Yeah, it could be. Okay. Yeah, Mrs. M is pushing the pram. Yep. She has to push, push the, the pram a lot. Um, She's part of my African knitting circle, which is like so 1950s British. But these are people who formerly knitted socks for soldiers during World War II. Yes. And now they're like, I can't stop knitting socks. Who am I going to give them to? Mrs. M, I'm not one to gossip, but... Mrs. M totally abuses the butt rule. Yep. Have we ever mentioned the butt rule? No, I don't think we have. So the, here's the butt rule, people. The, you can use By this. the way, this will change your life, you especially can use this in if your you're everyday children. Life. Yes, yes. Everything before the butt is a lie. Yes. The truth is after the butt. Yes. So... I, I love did, I love you, but I'm I'm leaving. 
I didn't rob the bank, but I was there. Yeah. Or I don't mean to be nasty, but. but. (laughs) (laughs) Then proceeds to be nasty. Anything you say after that is what's true. I'm not, I'm not one to gossip, but. And then the gossip comes after. We made a little song of it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Our kids used to do it all the time. And we would start going, but, 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 but. It made them crazy. Yep. But they stopped doing it. Yep, they did. I just did it. It made them crazy, but, but they stopped doing but it. But they stopped doing it. Yeah. So Mrs. M has the baby. She's pushing the pram. Do you want to talk about leaving babies outside? Okay. she does it at the store and she does it at her house. She does it at the store and does it at her house. And it is, creates this weird thing that is in modern television and movies which is aren't we smart we're from the future aren't we smart we're from the future okay when you look when you watch something historical like this and you see them doing something that we clearly know better than to do now yeah she leaves the she and she they pointed out she goes it was only for five minutes but i have to say it was really really common then to do that it was super and it's still common to do it in scandinavian countries we can't judge her for that Oh, no, she's not at fault for leaving the baby outside. Nope. For a couple of reasons. Number one, their prams were ginormous. Yes. You couldn't possibly take the pram in. Yes. So you'd have to pick the baby up to take them inside. And there's stairs everywhere. And if the baby is sleeping, you do not touch the baby. You leave the baby in the pram. Nope. But there was also a tradition of just putting babies outside to sleep. Yes. Because the belief that fresh air was good for them. It was quieter outside oh my usually. Gosh. The stories that I could tell you about my childhood. <laughs> in Scandinavia, people do it to this day, yep. even in sub-zero temperatures. Yep. They bundle the baby up, put it in the pram, and put it outside well, to take a nap. Since I'm Canadian and was born with a beard, I was warmer <laughs> then. So. Were you left outside to sleep? Are no, your siblings? I don't believe I was ever left outside to sleep intentionally by my siblings. Yeah. But like I was regularly held that we had a lot of kids and not a lot of car. Mm-hmm. So I was regularly laid across everybody's lap. Oh, in well, the gosh, backseat. yeah. Nobody had a car seat or a seatbelt yep. back then. All sorts. Not but that I was born in the 50s or anything. We're not talking about, though, we're not talking here about the baby is asleep, so we'll leave it in the pram no. that we just happen to have to leave outside. This is, I will pick the baby up and take it outside yeah. to put it in the pram so it can go to sleep. So all of this is just as a little cultural thing, which happens in these shows, which yeah, is like, we go, why are they doing that? Cause they didn't know better. Yep. And it's, and we've now moved on. Well, and you know, crime has moved on too. Unfortunately, yes. a baby is much more likely to be snatched now, yeah. maybe, or maybe. we're afraid that it is. We're, I, I can say that we're more afraid. I'm not ready to say that it's more likely to happen. All I know is we would and never- certainly more reported now. But we would never have the trope different. of the stroller accidentally starting to roll down the street on its own if people well, didn't leave them outside like that's, that. That's <laughs> from Battleship Potemkin. So. <laughs> but you wouldn't have the, you know, the kind of Charlie Chapman slapstick of trying to catch the stroller as it speeds down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> if people never left the baby in the stroller. Yes. Sister Paul runs, ran this house for wayward girls. She was the warden at St. Bridget's. Yep. Which was a home... For unwed mothers, not wayward girls, specifically unwed mothers. And and the sign is like, you're all evil sinners, come inside. <laughs> I mean, it's not like... Sister Thomas, I love how matter-of-fact okay, she is about everything. Oh, you're talking about the current warden, yeah. Sister Thomas. Yeah. 
Oh, I love her. Jenner Ga- Jenny Galloway is the yep. actress's name. She is perfect for this role yep. because she's short, she's round, and she has a big mole on her face, <laughs> which in our society means you've got to be bad because you've got a big mole on exactly. your face. And she is a warden. Yeah. Like a prison warden. Yeah. The, these poor girls. <laughs> and and it's it's accurate. This is how they talked. Yeah. About women who got pregnant before they were married. It didn't even matter if you were young or not. You could yeah. be in your 30s and yeah. they would still treat you like this. That this show, Father Brown, from the very beginning, has not shied away from problems with the church mm-hmm. and especially problems with women and homosexuals in the church. Mm-hmm. Right away, we're dealing with all of these things. <laughs> That all of the women in the in St. Bridget's are they just look so gray. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and she's marching around going, physical labor purges the sin. You know, we take the, the baby and give it to a good home and then we'll release them out into the world. <laughs> yeah, it it is these poor girls. It's not a pleasant state of affairs for these women. It it and I'm sure they were like, look sadder, look more upset. Yeah, look more bereft. Yeah. We need a, we need a woman's baby being taken out of her arms in the background, okay? <laughs> it's just horrible. And yeah. hey, you got stairs we can scrub for this scene. It's just, and then wow. Let, let yeah. the priest and the nun walk over them while they're doing it. Like, yeah. not only are you doing this drudgery, but we're not even going to make it easy for you. And how Father go. Brown is like, he could have easily went in there and started barking orders and they would have been completely okay. Oh my gosh, everybody She's would in, have snapped too. Deferent to him. Yeah, she has to be. Yeah. But priests were aware of that situation. They were aware of that relationship. And they also understood that in most parishes that had a convent, they were way outnumbered by nuns. Yeah. And so he wouldn't go in there and do too much trouble if he's smart because no. That's their business, and the last thing he wants is to have to become more involved in that. No, he doesn't want to. Right? Well, Mrs. Brown's not a telephone exchange. (laughs) She's, okay, she's parish secretary. Yes, which is kind of a telephone exchange. (laughs) Yes, but she also cooks for him, though Susie is supposed to be his housemaid, right? She's supposed to clean and cook. And so she but left But Susie's him. idea of cooking is two slices of Spam and a tomato on yes. a plate. <laughs> Susie has had lots of problems, but she is no cook. <laughs> At least not that day. She can make that Polish spaghetti thing, but she can't make dinner. And has that Eastern European cold meat, cold vegetable sort of supper thing. Well, and... You know, in Poland, before she escaped Poland, yep. that probably was a pretty good dinner, probably to be honest. But Father Brown's eating those dumplings. Like He's crazy. looking at that plate going, I don't even really know where to start with this. There's no sauce. There's nope. no nothing. Did you think Mrs. Brown's cooking looked good? Mrs. I'm, I'm sorry, Mrs. M's cooking looked good? It looked better. It yeah. looked like a meal. Yeah. It's like... Again, it, an episode that is in dire need of Tupperware. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. The pan that she brings it in doesn't even look like it could go in the oven. And she has to carry it with... It's hot. So she has to carry it with... uh, That's what people used to do, Mark. I'm aware of this. (laughs) We have a crock pot that you can carry just like that. It's made for it. Yep. Though, if you seal it too tight, it might explode. (laughs) Because it's hot and there's pressure inside. But yes, that, that... 
coated aluminum tin contraption she's carrying. Yep. That is the equivalent of Tupperware in the early 50s. Sister Boniface is attacked. She shoved down some stairs. She could have died. She could have easily died. And then there'd be no episode. <laughs> no. The end. <laughs> Sister Boniface, the series. And then we have the most controversial thing that's going to happen in this episode. Father Brown and Mrs. M go to the store. <laughs> they go to Boots. Okay, clearly that's a reference. Everybody stops when they when they say Mr. Boot. Everybody kind of stops and looks at the camera and goes, Boots. Are Get we it. clever? Get it? You know, <laughs> for our American listeners, Boots is a is a uh, drugstore in both UK and Canada. It's a pharmacy. It's been drug bought store by chain. Walgreens. Yeah, yeah. But people still say Boots the chemist. Yeah, and they totally are playing off it here. I can't imagine shopping the way they used to have to shop in these small stores, where you would come in. And tell the person behind the counter what you wanted and they would get it for so, you. So did you see what Mrs. M asked for? She gets soap, darning what kind wool, of soap? Life Boy. Life Boy. Yeah. Do you ever use have you ever used Life Boy soap? The only reference I know to that, other than knowing it existed, is that in a Christmas story, I think that's the soap that Ralphie has to suck. I can smell <laughs> that soap. Is it red? No, it's oh. yellow, but I can smell it. Yeah. Wow, I can smell it's that. It's probably soap. got lie in it. Yeah, I can like just Hearing the name of it again, I can remember. Comes right back. Yeah. Because that's all the nuns need. Some yarn, some thread, some soap, uh, denture cream, pear drops, candy. Yep. They don't don't need chivers jam. That that store is brilliant. Oh, yeah. It's really well decorated. It's very well set. Yeah. So then Mrs. M leaves and then it becomes incredibly controversial because I've watched this scene 20 times. Because Father Brown buys turf No, Father Brown drops. first waits for Mrs. Br- M to, to leave. leave. And then he says, turf, please. Very quietly. And I said, what the heck is that? And you went on the hunt to figure it out. I tried to figure it out. It is. Okay. I have two possibilities of what it could be. Okay. One that's not good and one that is a guess. Okay. So the guess is... That it's a magazine or a newspaper that references either sports or racing. Turf. Okay. Because he has a magazine, he has a newspaper in front of him when he when Mr. Boot goes to get the pair drops. Okay. There's a little round thing. Yeah, there's a tin. There's a tin. I don't think that's related. I think that's Mr. Boots. Okay. I think he uses it to dampen his fingers to get the money. Okay. Turf may mean cigarettes. Tobacco. Yes, because there are turf cigarettes that were on sale in 1953. Yeah, but Father Brown never smokes. We never see him smoke. Never see him smoke. And he's not going to visit somebody in jail. I could see him buying a pack of cigarettes to take to somebody in jail if he wanted to talk to them and he wanted to kind of soften them up or he thought it would bring them comfort. I can imagine him doing that. Yeah. But- there's no reason for him to be buying so, smoke. So I, I it's don't gotta know be what the sports paper. I, I guess it's the sports paper. He doesn't have it on his bike in the next scene. Where's he going next? He goes next to the convent, and then they're all searching for uh Sister Boniface and Valentine says, uh, you should really kill this priest for me. No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> so so, he, so he's not going to see Tom Evans or anything, no. like because I can imagine him buying 
a sports paper if he thought a person he was going to talk to would appreciate getting it no. or Valentine would appreciate it. If or, we ever get anybody from any of these shows on the show, we're going to ask the weirdest questions. And they're going to go, I don't know. That wasn't my job. And one of the <laughs> ones I'm going to ask is, what do you mean by turf here? <laughs> I thought you were going to say that it was like a girly mag or something. <laughs> now. <laughs> oh, wait, you're not done, are I'm you? I'm <laughs> not done about turf. So turf at this point in time had... In 1953, had a a, uh, um, a promotion on, and this is where I think it might be this. Okay, there were cards of airplanes now in the cigarette cards on the packages. Okay, yeah, that's pretty common, and they were collectible. Mm-hmm. In- included in that is a is a helicopter. Had to be really early. Yeah. Of course, there are places online where you can see all of these cards. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Father Brown collecting those cards, I can understand. See, but I think he would have said, like, a 10-pack of turf. Of turfs. Yep, yep. And he just says turf. He just says turf. I don't know what he means. So I think it's the newspaper, if that's our only option. That is the least weird one. (laughs) So then we get to Valentine being the smartest human being on the planet. Well, he's the smartest cop in Campbellford, that's for sure, because he makes a Henry II reference. He says, well, no one rid me of this turbulent priest. That doesn't mean go kill him. (laughs) Because he's referencing Henry II and... The Archbishop of Canterbury, Thomas Beckett. Thomas Beckett. And then he calls Sister Bonitas voluble, Mm -hmm. which, again... It's, it's not, it's a weird word for him to say. Maybe it's from his word of the day calendar or maybe, something. Maybe. He's doing the crossword puzzle to improve himself. So we yeah. find out that the Reverend Mother had had a baby at St. Bridget's, yeah. right? That's her sin yeah. that Sister Paul knew about and yeah. was writing her awful letter to the diocese about. Yes. I think that in reality, the Reverend Mother would have long admitted that to the diocese. I would think so. They would know. They would know. I, I don't think she would have tried to keep it a secret. And maybe so, maybe initially when she went into into the convent as a like a novitiate nun, she might have kept it secret. But at some point, before you go through the process of really, uh, you know, dedicating the rest of your life to the church, you have to kind of like say, "Here's all the stuff I did." Like you do, like the like a grand confession, and, and would, she would have confessed that. And I would have also thought there would have been more women like Sister Gregory who stuck up for her. Yeah. So it, it seems a bit tacked on here. Then Father Brown goes to visit the Evanses and play a little ruse. He just walks in the house and sits just down, doesn't walks knock in nothing. That house. And they're not regular parishioners. He doesn't go to church at all, and she no, hasn't been for a while. The, it's on the convent, so yeah, you but say, it's still their home. But it, this is the same thing, and I've talked to you about this. This is why people don't say goodbye on the phone on television shows. Because it's boring to see people knock and wait for somebody to answer the door. <laughs> so Father Brown just walks in just and sits down. walks in and sits down. And Joyce, we've we've known throughout the whole episode that she has a health condition. Yep. That she has a fragile heart. And we're not sure if her husband is protecting her because she is physically fragile. But he seems awfully rough with her. For somebody who's worried about her health. I don't like his character. Like, I don't like him as a person, as a character, but I also don't like his characterization. He should be more... Okay, 
He has charges for solicitation. Yeah. He used the moment of him going to war to get her into bed mm-hmm. and make her pregnant. Mm-hmm. Now, he did come back and marry her. That's the only good thing he did. And since then, he's been known to fraternize with other women mm-hmm. and is rough with her physically. And, and, and men- bossy and mean. Mentally and verbally abusive. Yeah. I don't. She might have been better off if he hadn't come back to her. I think it's them, part of them talking about how not everybody who's innocent is a good person. Right. And not everybody who's guilty is a bad person. Yeah. I think that's what they're trying to do. I just don't think she would stay with him. I don't think, like, I don't think it would, I don't think he would stay with her. If he didn't have the solicitation and stuff, right? He was just gruff. Yeah. But he came back from the war, married her, and together they were like, we need to get our baby back. That's That would be different. Yeah. Like, we hate these nuns. We hate that nun in particular because she took our baby. And he might even resent her for letting it happen when he wasn't there a little bit. But he doesn't care about that. I do like that they never find her baby. Yeah, because that would be unrealistic. Yeah. Even if he's in the village, they would never, ever tell her who he is. And But man, that scene where they take her baby is so heartbreaking. Yeah. So heartbreaking. And you see Sister Paul being the absolute nastiest. Yeah. Making her sign, you don't have a choice. Yeah. Like, she does. She can just take her baby and walk out of there. Well, and that's kind of the opposite thing of what we're the more serious version of we're for future people. Yes. So we know this is wrong. Yeah. We're, we are, it is not portrayed as a, oh, this is a quaint historical thing that happened. Mm-hmm. This was a wrong thing that was going on. It was wrong then. It was wrong then and it's wrong now. Yeah. Fiddlesticks. Who's- Do you know what fiddlesticks are? No. Dr. Uh, Father Brown says fiddle sticks. Uh-huh. Fiddle sticks are sticks that you which with? use on a fiddle. It's a bow. Oh. Which makes perfect sense when you think about it. But why does it mean, oh, darn, or silly? Well, nobody knows. In the 15th century, <laughs> in the 15th century, it was originally fiddle sticks, F-Y-D-Y-L-S-T-Y-K-S. Did you, did, were they like um, disposable? No. Instead of having a nice bow, you had a stick that you used and when it wore out, you threw it away and grabbed another one and did it again. And so they were like troublesome. It's meant to be something frivolous. Yeah. uh, It first used in 1600, a fiddlestick. Ne'er tell me I am full of words. Okay, then. Yeah. But then we get to see Mrs. M on the back of Father Brown's bike, and it's the best wow. thing ever. <laughs> it is some awesomeness. She's not even riding side saddle because yep. she can't. Yeah. She's straddling the bike. She's straddling the bike. Even though they're only going the, a distance that you could still hear a baby cry and yes. they could just run. Yeah. He puts her on the back of the bike and they're wee. Yep. <laughs> I and love then, that scene. In so the much. same way that Sid is good at the end of the last episode, Mrs. M is. Switches here. Always. Yeah. Always with Mrs. M. In this first season, she's nasty, gossipy, backstabby, and mean in the beginning. And at the end, she's redeemed. But she's there when to get the baby. She's there to help Father Brown deal with this situation. But even in the beginning of the scene where Joyce has the baby at the top of the balcony... Mrs. M says nasty things, and he's like, um, maybe now's not the time. <laughs> maybe now is And she's not- like, oh, oh, you're right. Oh, yes. She 
she does that switch in every episode. Every episode, yeah. he says something to her. Yeah. And she makes this, you're right, face. Like, yeah. that's true. And that goes away in later seasons, which I'm actually pleased with. Yeah. She, they kind of change her character a little bit. Yeah. And then they baptize the baby. The end. The baby that has nothing to do with anything in this episode. Anything. Yeah. Can I... Oh, what what is going to happen to these people? Like, because yeah, because wow. we can't even do best corpse. I mean, well, I mean, we can because there are two bodies. Yeah, I would say it's. I don't know. I didn't really look at them all that quick. It I, it moves along. This, like I, I told see, you, I think it's the novitiate because she she gets to crumble in her wedding yeah, dress and foam at the mouth. Foam at the mouth. Um, Sister Paul dies pretty quick and she's covered up pretty quick. Yeah, that is not her body on that gurney. No by the way, that's a a little slim way. white thing that they're carrying away. <laughs> so after the credits. Yeah. Do the Evanses stay together? They're both, she's going to probably an asylum and he's going to do some time at, as an accessory. At best. The, the law could come down on her hard and yeah. hang her. Yeah. She killed two people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And stole a baby. But hysteria and mental problems were, they were recognized at this time. So, And he could take... A lot of blame, too. Yeah, he could. Because he knew he was protecting her. He was covering up for her. But I don't think he's going to hang or anything. No, but I don't think so. He could so. go away for more than 10 years, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. I think that... Speaking of 10 years, all the nuns moved to the next show. <laughs> the Reverend Mother and uh, Sister Gregory and, and all those folks are going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, Sister Thomas is in for a rude awakening in about 15 years. Yeah. Because the 60s do not tolerate this stuff so much. It starts no. to go away. It starts to And go. you start to get more social support from the community and from the government. So the church doesn't have to to do this yeah. anymore. And so there's more social support. That's the end. Yes. That's not very fun. No. Can we end on a horrible movie? Yes, we can end on a horrible movie. I have yeah. a horrible I movie. Will, I will close IMDb so I'm not tempted to look at who's... Horrible movie. You are never going to get this one. I'm telling you. I watched ever. a 1953 movie about a maze and a frog creature this week. <laughs> <laughs> Saying maybe it's true. A Scottish frog creature. This movie is from 1982. Okay. I would have been 13. And Penny Downing, who plays the Reverend Mother in this episode of Father Brown, is in this movie. And she yeah. is one of the stars. Okay. She's not like a little bitty role. Okay. The tagline, only the computer saw the murder and it liked what it saw. Here's, here's the, the plot summary for you. A computer genius is confined to a penthouse after a car accident with only a nurse to look after him. But the advanced computer systems designed to make his life easier appear to be taking control. And this is a movie? Yes. From 1983. 82. 82. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is way ahead of its time. And Penny Downing, uh, Penny Downing plays the nurse. Like War Games, the computer was playing games yeah. at this point. Yeah. This is an A lot event. of the reviews compare this to War Games and say that the computer in this one is not as nuanced as the one in War Games. But it's supposed to be, it's AI. It's supposed, it's very advanced. Wow. 1982. And this is also like done in a dozen horror anthology shows in the 80s. Yeah, where the AI takes over. And there's an X-Files episode yeah. where the, the well, AI takes 
Right. Yeah, how this is all comes from how mm-hmm. all comes from how. But have you seen? I don't it? remember seeing this movie. I don't know why I didn't see. It. Is it a UK only movie? No. I don't. I should have seen this. The movie. lead actor is Australian, but he isn't exclusively an Australian show. I should have seen this movie. I don't know what it is. Maybe because the title is so stupid. Okay. It's called. Crosstalk. What? Yes. Okay, I'm not picking that up from the shelf. <laughs> no. That's like a rom-com. Oh, no, you would pick it up from the shelf because give it a Google and look at the poster because you would definitely pick it up. <laughs> it's a bunch of old computers with a dead body laying across them. Oh my gosh, why have I not seen this movie? <laughs> oh, I, n- I must watch this movie. <laughs> Crosstalk, 1982. I have to watch this movie. Only Um, the computer saw the murder and it liked what it saw. (laughs) And you know it's good when it has original director and a second director. Uh (laughs) Yeah, it has pixel art on one of the screens on the poster. (laughs) Who is in this? Peter Collingwood, Penny Downey. Kim D. Oh. It's a very small cast because yeah. it all takes place in a penthouse. Yeah. There's it's not a lot of people. Crime romance thriller. Oh, why have I not seen this movie? That is a point for me. That is a point for you. Written by Linda Lane. Audience Mark has now fallen down a rabbit hole. <laughs> he may start watching the movie Need before to we're watch done. That movie. All right. That is Bride of Christ. Next week. We will be doing Old Father Brown's two episodes. We'll be doing Sarah's episode, which the is... The Arrow of Heaven. And my episode, which is The Secret Garden. Again, you can find these on BritBox. Yep. And if uh, if you're good at the searching, you can probably find them on YouTube. The Mystery Maniacs Same can be thing. found on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and email. All that is available to us. Uh, watch us on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. It doesn't cost anything. Helps other people helps. find us. And if we get to 1,000 subscribers, I know I am killing <laughs> this horse. I think you've been saying this for a but year. But if we get to 1,000 subscribers we can also put merch on our store right on the page yeah that might help people buy some stuff for a good cause which right now is heart to heart international supporting folks in puerto rico who are without everything right now they need all the help they can get 30 inches of rain in a day yeah and when they've just barely recovered from the last storm that they endured yeah so go out there and buy yourself a mystery maniac t-shirt tote bag mug whatever stickers we got it all out there and by the way and you've done it before if there's something available on spreadshirt that we didn't put the logo on for some reason that you'd like just drop us a line and let us know it's just it's just a couple of clicks yep yep yep, Uh, yep, we're happy to do it bye maniacs bye maniacs talk about the car we can talk about the fact that it sings because talking about father brown yeah and people refer to it as angels online everybody calls it the angel sound yeah